Yeah. Hey, kids. Hold on a second. We're, we're, we're trying to calibrate what we got going on here. Hey, this is the other version of... This is the Neon Jazz kind of version of a reality here versus the Neon Beat. We're out here in Lee Summit, Missouri, the home of Pat Metheny, which now that I think about it, I don't know if we've talked about this, the amount of times I've told people from Lee Summit, the amount of stories I've gotten from Pat Metheny, I could probably write a book. Really? Oh, man, the amount of stories are unbelievable. I mean, from adoration to people flying on the same flight with him to... Uh, Dave Brubeck's son, Chris, telling me about his very first gig when they came to Kansas City when yep. he was young. Just things like that. It's 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 pretty cool. The, so. um, the guy that started my radio show, that helped me start my radio show, who was actually the original voice to the Neon Beat, Richard Ward Fatherly. You might remember that name from the WHB days here in Kansas City. Yeah. And you would definitely re recognize his voice. I remember he was sitting there. Yeah. In uh, the KMBZ studios one day, talking to Darla J, and she removed her headphones and looked at him and said, "My gosh, you have the voice of God." <laughs> Even his chuckle after that was like, <laughs> "You know, some some people got to work on it, as I do, but he didn't. Yeah, he just he had just had one of those, not just deep but well modulated speaking yeah. voices. Yeah, that uh, were." You could see him sitting next to one of those oval microphones or one of those big uh, RCA microphones doing a night show. You know, that, that reminds me, and you have the 61 Country logo right there on your shirt. Yeah. My first intern job when I was up there, and it was the old Dot Matrix printing out. It was in the early 90s. I remember there was an old cat that was, I think he was still smoking at the time, and he was hunched over that microphone, and he had that gravelly voice, and that was my introduction to seeing like a live cat like doing it, and I was like, man. Oh, yeah. So when you describe Fatherly, which Fatherly, by the way, used to be the voice of suburban lawn and gardens so if you ever remember those old days that was him and he did he had the per he was the perfect voice to kick off the neon beat i mean he had gold I, st I still hear his voice on a radio station in kansas city at 1380 a.m wow. it's a kind of a graveyard frequency uh we're wow. low power station out of uh overland park i think it is yeah uh very very low power doesn't doesn't have a big urban signal, but uh, he's still their ID, yeah, their station ID, yeah, KCNW. Wow, and of course, as that W just drops, you know, so turn your turn your bass up if you really want to rattle a wolf. <laughs> That's right, you know, I'm here at my desk looking at something here, and I want to I want to point this out, and I hope at some point he sees this. This is Mr. David Billingsley. And he is a up-and-coming jazz cat that lives in Minneapolis. And the story with David is, is that he's a wonderful person. When we started out, he had sent requests to almost like 150, 200 radio stations. And out of the blue, I saw him on iTunes. And this was when the pandemic was really heating up towards early summer. Yeah. I sent him a request. And he put a thing on his Facebook and said, God works in mysterious ways. I sent all these requests out. The one guy that I didn't send it to responded that has a jazz show in Kansas City. So we hook up, and right around the time that we hook up, George Floyd was killed. And I never heard from him for a while, and I reached out to him, and I said, I'm thinking about you. I hope everything's good. And I said, don't, don't, don't lose any of the bravado of what you're doing because he works with inner city kids. He's a wonderful musician. He has a lot of faith. And I said, keep your chin up. It's all good. 
and I think we've maintained a very good relationship. And this came to me on my birthday, and I reached out to him right before the verdict yesterday, and I said, I'm sending everything positive your way. He is a wonderful person, and he told me firsthand stories this summer from Minneapolis that none of us can fathom that was happening to their city from people that were looting and just destroying that town. So any of you in Minneapolis, and especially you, David, man, we're all thinking about you and um, and and the justice and all of the pieces of this that have come together in a very positive way. And we cover black American music, and we are very, very uh, clear here at this station of, of, of celebrating an American art form that is mostly African-American. So the fact that we are at such a crossroads in our American history and things apparently are, are going in very crazy ways. We are, we are with you in Minneapolis and beyond with everything that you're doing to equal the playing field and to make sure that we have justice and that everybody's treated equally. Everybody that gets pulled over, everybody that gets dealt with. And uh, I just wanted to put that out there for David because he's been such a special friend and he really has reached out. He's a wonderful musician. David Billingsley, if you do have a chance, you should get his music. And, uh, you know, he, he's in a cauldron of, of a crossroads that, that, that is going on here in this country now. Indeed. So anyway, I just wanted to... It's all the talk in the air right now. Yeah, it is. And, and he, he had a rehearsal yesterday and was talking about coming through it. And of course, yesterday, before the verdict was even read, we had no idea what was going to happen. And I literally was talking to him around the time the verdict came in. And I'm relieved that things are good and that, and that, and that, it, that, that the country didn't just go up in flames yesterday. So um, I think everybody's still reeling from that decision. But I do want to make it very clear at this at this juncture of what I'm doing with Neon Jazz and these artists that I'm celebrating, I am very firmly 100% in the corner of making sure that we level the playing field and we stop that all of these unbelievable atrocities that are going on during a already a pandemic um, event that's happening. That's the thing that's interesting about talking to people internationally. And I've just spoke to a couple people from Ireland. I spoke to someone from Switzerland recently. And the world is looking at us and responding to what we're doing. It's like a pandemic's not enough. We have to have all of these other elements that go into it as Americans. And, and it's just the way it is. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, well, I heard somebody kind of joke to that to that extent. On top of everything else, we got a, we got a pandemic. Hey, now let's do a race war. Yeah. yeah. Let's, wow. Let's, let's add to it. So hopefully yesterday's decision um, to, to, to render justice the way it was starts turning some positive pages in the annals of our American history because we need it badly. And I just have, I just want to say from the from the beginnings of this pandemic to now, I am I am always grateful that I am covering some of the finest human beings on the planet. Not only are these cats straight up musicians that do things that are amazing because jazz is one of the most unpopular musics on the planet. I'm very cognizant of that, but I have searched and art through very, a, a whole lot of different circles of people on this planet. And I've never met people that are as fine as jazz musicians from Sonny Rollins down to the cat on the corner in Chicago that no one knows about their level of humility and their level of passing this torch of this music on is amazing and you know blues is the original protest music and jazz kind of 
piggybacks off of that. As we go through this crossroads of, of our American history, I'm going to profile all these cats and their voices, whether it's contentious or it's just melodic and you want to drive down the road and hear something right. This is a crossroads that I am very, very proud all the time at Neon Jazz to cover. And the voices, and as John Christopher knows from the very beginning in 2011, I, I don't want to talk about this music. I want the musicians to do it. This is their story. And I'm just, you know, especially now with everything that's going on in the world, I'm, I'm happy that there is a platform for these cats to get out and, and to offer some common solace to everybody. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, it has been any accident that uh, Joe and I should meet up, the, meet up the way we did seven or eight years ago with, uh, with a voice needed for this art form and the thinking, caring people that are behind it. You know, there are some wonderful minds and thoughts and to be uh, expressed through abstract or directly. And uh, jazz, jazz. I wasn't so much into jazz, to be, to be honest with you, other than the, uh, at least when I first began it. But this man, this man here has taken it to a new level, and it's been an adventure for me, you know, to kind of get, understand what I was just talking about with him a few minutes ago, how pop music, the current music today, get a feel for the shoulders all of this stands on yeah you know and the thing that's amazing are some of the stories and vignettes that i don't get explicitly a chance to put on here and i know you guys can't hear all the interviews but i will tell you one thing there's one cat that i profiled on here on this this latest show his name is matt dickin and he was born in pittsburgh he's he's in his 20s i don't know exactly his age but he's young he's in bangkok right now and the day we interviewed and we spoke the country was getting ready to shut down because it only had 200 cases of COVID, okay? But he had talked about how he was in tears and he was beside himself during his first gig that he had at live performance in March and said that, and I think this will resonate through the world of, of musicians, he let go, he totally let go. There was a level of him that wasn't thinking about acoustics or engineering or anything that was specifically along those lines. He let go in that way that we all are dreaming when we get to a packed stadium or a packed arena after this is all kind of said and done is there's going to be a wave of relief and there's going to be a total artistic freedom that's going to resonate from them to us and that's that's the dream we all need to hold on to because it's going to happen and it's starting to happen in very very small ways but this matt cat is one of he's a fascinating guy and he represents a level of music right now in the jazz world that's coming out that's both electronic experimental and jazz and it's a tasty thing and it's an offshoot of all of this like lockdown quarantine pandemic kind of like being shut in and the 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 audio results are spectacular i mean just spectacular well it's going to be one of the results of uh, of the uh, the lockdown as things begin to open up good lord what are we taking the lid off of what comes uh, to mind is a Cat Stevens song you might remember called Can't Keep It In. Yeah. Can't keep it in. i got to let it out. Yeah. And when it comes out, there's going to be some amazing vibes and noises to go along with it. And, you know, as a jazz fan, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I love all music, and the Foo Fighters' new album is, is, is amazing. I've, I've listened to that, and the fact that Dave captured what he captured, the way he captured it, I mean, all across the spectrum of music. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm a huge music fan. I mean, I happen to do a jazz show. But um, one thing I do, I mean, now that we're in this you studio. You sound here, like an accident. No. <laughs> I just happened to do I it. Just, I just fell out. <laughs> it was like the big bang happened, and I, and I was here. The one thing I do want to point out, too, 
is that there, all these interviews are coming out on a rolling basis, and I did a lot more last year, and I'm going to continue that pace right now. And I heard from a lot of musicians. This is bringing them a lot of comfort to hear the voices, the collective voices from the world of jazz, and I'm going to continue to bring that. One thing that's very interesting is Anais Reno. She's 17, and we spoke recently. She's in New York City, and she's an old soul, man. Talking to her was, was wonderful, and she talked... My stepdaughter, Jilly, is, is a big fan of Billie Eilish, and I saw that documentary, and Billie talked about, you know, how certain things and the loneliness of being in those teen years and being in that growing up stage is really rough, but there's things that you rely on. Like, Jilly really relies on Billie Eilish, and this is, um, Anais was really talking about how she's singing Strayhorn in Ellington, and it's so wild that even in her youth, Duke Ellington and 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 Billy are such big influences, and she's singing them, and and she talks about how it like really has like helped rescue her from that darkness and that hurt that's being a teenager for all of us. So it's very nice. It's a wonderful interview. She's an old soul. She's on her way up. So if you have a chance, you should take a listen. And she's she's great, man. There's I mean, it's it's just another of the cadre of wonderful musicians that are putting out great music. I think music. I, uh, I stand with uh, stand-up comedian Robert Klein when he said he would, uh, if he had an opportunity to go back and do it all again, even if he did, <laughs> even if he did know what he knows now to go back, it, I, I agree. I wouldn't do it. All that groping. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, thank uh -uh. you. No, I'm out. No. I'm done. That we, it, was, it was lived. It was over it with. It was lived. It's over with. No. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day, and I mentioned, you know, I remember when I was in junior high, and he stopped me. He said, whoa, you really dated yourself because it's middle school now. People don't say junior high anymore. Yep. It's, it's, you know, so there's certain things. I mean, I'm not going back and saying 8-track. That wasn't something where I had to flip a Led Zeppelin 8-track <laughs> over in the car. But My first record... Boy, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, my the first record that I ever listened to, single, was a '78. Wow, it belonged to my grandfather. It was Bing Crosby. Y'all come. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and I have made some efforts to try to procure it, and I finally did. I got it on. Somebody had it on a cassette. And, wow. And. Man, you talk yeah. about transporting me back to my. That's one of the things about music. It get, it's such a. It can be such a time machine for you. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, one of the things I very much enjoyed about it because it started out more or less kind of cathartic for me. Uh oh! Wait, get the lizard on here. Oh, hold on. Show the lizard. Here, hold oh, on. Hold on. Speaking speaking of quarantine, real quick here. I is I, I want to bring I want to bring this in. This was this is, this was our quarantine this animal. This is my bubba. <laughs> here, let's see. Him. Here, yeah, here. Come here, bubbies. Come here. This is Jermelio, the bearded hey, dragon, bubba. and and bubba. he's here to say hello. And he is the uh, he is the quarantine animal. He is the <laughs> he is the unofficial. Uh, unadulterated mascot for neon jazz. In fact, this 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 lizard loves John Coltrane. When I put Coltrane on, it it provides a calm and a heat that this cold-blooded animal loves. <laughs> totally loves. So that was a happy accident. All right, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I feel like suddenly we've opened Dean Martin's closet. You never knew what he was going to keep in there, including entire bands. Now we got now we got lizards. That's right. That's right. Just like that. But uh, but at any rate, um, yeah. You know, there's there's always so much going on here. I know that John Christopher has been working on kind of retooling his Neon Beat catalog and getting a lot of things put together, and. Uh, 
you know, ushering in the new and dusting out the old. Yeah. Well, I've had to take, uh, kind of go back to my old shows, take out some references to some, uh, to some past things no longer relevant. And that also, I, I don't mean it quite like that, but uh, the loss of George Woods, who was, uh, who was the, um, the internet host for my show for so many years. And then he passed on a couple of years ago. So, you know, I have to take out uh, the references in the shows to, to George. You know, the one thing, it's interesting that Amanda walked in here. My <laughs> wife is right here. Um, today is the five-year, on this day, of uh, the five-year anniversary of Prince. And I'm going to tell you right now, that day marked the last time I will tell anybody that a musician or a celebrity dies. I told Victor and Penny, very popular act here in Kansas City, they were on, they were in a van going to Oklahoma City, and we were getting ready to interview, and I said, hey guys, I just want to let you know, Prince died today. And that van was so quiet that I decided that I will never tell anybody again. You can find out on your own. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm out of the death telling game. For I'm, I'm done. But I will tell you this real quick. A funny jazz story about this. He worked with Miles Davis for a while. They were doing some more contemporary yes. hip kind of jazzy stuff. And, and it never got released because I think Warner Brothers and them kind of got into a dispute. And I don't think Miles or Prince felt like it was refined or at a place that they could release. But at any rate, that arced and there was a level of jazz that went into him. I actually had him on the show doing kind of a jazzy rendition of something at one point. So anyway, Prince was was the quintessential, absolute 100% badass of all of music, without a doubt. Like, there's just no one that was more equipped to just be like... What What did that... We, we were at the Green Lady one time. We were at the Black Dolphin and we heard a cat that knew him... And Prince was walking towards him, and he said there was this smaller guy that was the most masculine yet feminine dressed person that he'd ever seen in his life. And when he said that, it almost yeah. sent a shiver up my spine because you could just see that Prince coming out in that full like 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 kind of like coat, robe, high shoes, yeah. kind of in like you know, in, in clothing that wouldn't be specifically for males, but he's the most male dude in the room. That was Prince. I got to see him in concert once as a grown-up in my 20s, and it was like I cried, literally. It was just so powerful to see him live because I liked, I liked him better than Michael Jackson when I was a kid. I had his poster up. So, I don't know, he just, there's something about him. I'll never, never be another one like him. Hi, David Brewer. How you doing, bud? <laughs> hey, Dave. Nice to see you. Hello, everybody. Michael, Nancy, how y'all doing out there? Oh Good to God. see you. Um, well, hey, you know, we I, have we taken up enough of your time here? I don't <laughs> really? know if we have or not. We, we just get so lonely. Yes. <laughs> we just need you so bad. So we're going to leave the room. He's the only guy I've ever met who has a codependent relationship with his audience. <laughs> I got a problem. I think I need to call. Uh, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to get off and call a therapist. So I, I need to leave right now. <laughs> time to talk. Time to talk. <laughs> All right, you guys. Good luck out there. Let's uh, let's just keep on uh, let's keep on trucking. You know. All right. Play a Prince song later. All right. Enjoy the music, my friends. Adios. Okay.